In the recently concluded 2013 term, the Supreme Court considered more than a half dozen patent and IP-related cases. Decisions such as Alice Corp versus CLS Bank, Palm Wonderful versus Coca-Cola, and ABC versus Arrow received national attention. Over the last few years, cases exploring intellectual property considerations have reached the Supreme Court with greater frequency due to the rapid expansion of technology and the evolution of how patents can be secured. The critical decisions made in this session could have very real impacts in years to come for organizations seeking to secure patents. Finnegan partner James Barney and Jason Melvin, formerly of Finnegan, join us to discuss the implications of the recent opinions offered by the Supreme Court. James, perhaps you could start us off with your thoughts around how the Supreme Court addressed IP-related cases this session. Well, my first impression is that they uh, took an unprecedented number of IP cases this year. Um, Six patent cases, you have to go back a long ways, probably 100 years or so, to find a session where they took that many um, patent cases. So that in and of itself was very interesting. If I'm going to generalize the six patent decisions that came down this session, I would say they are generally pro-defendant. I think the court is, in general, trying to tighten the standards for patentability and trying to give defendants who are accused of patent infringement some additional tools to fight those cases. I think I agree with that, and I I think that you can sense from the court's decisions this last term that it was trying to reduce the amount of uncertainty, perhaps, in patent litigation. I think the court is responding to what is going on elsewhere in public life. We see Congress taking actions on on patent issues. We see the Federal Trade Commission being very interested in patent issues, the lay media, corporate interest groups, public interest groups. There just seems to be a tremendous amount of interest in intellectual property and patent issues, and the court is simply reflecting that. James, in each of the six patent-related cases, the Supreme Court handed down unanimous decisions, five of which overturned Federal Circuit rulings Why do you feel the Supreme Court's opinion was so overwhelmingly contradictory of the federal circuits? That's a really interesting question. You see a lot of commentary out there that the Supreme Court thinks that the federal circuit has gone astray or the the Supreme Court is trying to send a message to the federal circuit. I really think that is incorrect. The Supreme Court takes cases where it sees a perceived problem. And so it's not unexpected to see reversals in cases that are taken up by the Supreme Court. And if you look at just the statistics from this term, for instance, the court took six cases from the federal circuit, reversed five, and affirmed one. With respect to the Ninth Circuit, they took 11 cases and reversed all of them. The Sixth Circuit, they took 11 cases, reversed nine, and affirmed two. So it is not uncommon for a circuit to have many of its cases reversed when they're taken up by the Supreme Court. Um, I think the broader issue here is not that the court has a vendetta against the federal circuit. It's that it's taking more interest in intellectual property issues. Jason, which IP-related decisions do you see having the greatest impact on businesses in the years ahead? Well, there were a number of decisions from this last term that are sure to have impact, but I think that we can agree that the Section 101 case may lead that pack, and that is Alice versus CLS Bank. Uh, In that case, the court considered whether claims to computer-implemented inventions are patent eligible, just as a matter of course, and it applied a test from its own precedent, Mayo versus Prometheus, and analyzed whether claims have an abstract idea, and if so, whether they overcome that abstract idea with sufficient limitation to make it patentable again. So as the courts apply, Alice, 
I think that we will start to see what effect that has. And many businesses have developed around patents and patented business methods and software methods. So it, it certainly has the potential to have a great effect. I agree with Jason that Alice is probably the most important case of the term and the one most likely to have a broad impact on the patent law. Of course, the other cases that were decided are also important. It's difficult to rank them because it's difficult to know how they're going to end up on remand and how the district courts are going to implement them. So, for instance, the Nautilus case, which involves the issue of indefiniteness, it certainly has the potential to be an important change in the law, but it could be very much limited by the Federal Circuit on remand. And so until we see what the Federal Circuit does, it's hard to say what impact that's going to have. One case that I would point out that's having an immediate impact already is the Octane Fitness decision, which softened or reduced the standard for a district court to award attorney's fees under the exceptional case statute. We're already seeing increased vigor amongst winning litigants to push for attorney's fees, citing that Octane Fitness decision. James, what you said about not knowing the full impact of cases probably applies very broadly to many cases from this term. For example, the Limelight versus Akamai case, which has been remanded to the Federal Circuit, in that case, the Supreme Court expressly refused to consider direct infringement and what the standard for direct infringement should be. And so it remains to be seen whether the Federal Circuit will take that up or how the cases applying Limelight will turn out in the future. I think that's a good point. And also for Alice, it's certainly an important decision, but there's a lot of uncertainty left in that decision that's going to have to be fleshed out in the district courts and at the Federal Circuit. Any surprises this session? I'm not sure that I consider any of the cases a surprise because I think that predicting how the courts are going to turn out at any level can be a little bit challenging. But certainly, many of us were waiting eagerly for the decision in Alice. And for me personally, it was one of the less surprising cases. From my perspective, I kind of agree with Jason. I don't see a lot of surprises. Once the court took cert on these issues, a lot of us had a sense of which way the court was going to go because we've seen how it's gone in the previous years with cases like KSR. They do tend to reverse the decisions, tweak the standards, and the trend has been tightening up on patentability standards. So from that perspective, there wasn't a huge surprise that made everybody gasp. I was a bit surprised at some of the cases they took on cert. I was surprised, for instance, that they took the Nautilus case, not because it's an unimportant issue, but because I didn't think the Nautilus case itself was the best vehicle to present that issue. It involved a term spaced apart, which most patent practitioners would not immediately peg as being indefinite. There's other terms that pop up more frequently, such as substantially or approximately, that I would have expected to be challenged in an indefiniteness case going to the Supreme Court. So I thought that one was an odd choice, but the outcome of the case was not surprising. Finally, James, do you expect to see more IP cases before the court in the coming years? I have a sense that we may have seen the high watermark for a while. It's hard to imagine that the Supreme Court can keep up this pace of taking five, six, seven IP cases each term. It does have other fish to fry. There's lots of other important issues out there for the court to turn its attention to. And it does have a limited, uh, you know, it has limited bandwidth. So I think my sense is the court will probably back off a little bit and see how the districts and how the federal circuit digest 
what's been handed down. And if they feel that they have to um, provide some more guidance, they may jump in down the road with another batch of decisions. For sure. I think it would be surprising for the court to continue at the pace it had this last term, although we do know of some potentially very significant cases in the pipeline. For example, the Teva Pharmaceuticals versus Sandoz case, in which the court will decide the standard of review for claim construction next term. So certainly patent practitioners uh, remain interested in what the court is doing. Our guests have been James Barney, a partner at Finnegan, and Jason Melvin, formerly of Finnegan. Finnegan is one of the largest IP law firms in the world. For more commentary on intellectual property news and issues, to listen to other podcasts, and to receive additional information on the firm, please visit www.finnegan.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Finnegan.